Hey there, welcome to this edition of The Shalene Show. So today I want to talk a little bit about adult sibling conflict. When brothers and sisters, sisters and sisters, brothers and brothers can't seem to get along. And yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about Jamie Lynn Spears and Britney Spears. I normally don't spend a lot of time talking about pop culture on this podcast, but I think this particular situation goes beyond pop culture. Even though their lives might feel completely unrelatable, I think there's a lot of relatable conflict that we can break apart in today's episode that might help you to better understand your own relationships. All right, let's get to it. Before we get to it, Rocco, who is our chocolate lab, he is 15 and a half years old. His favorite sponsor of ours at the moment is Soul CBD. Why? Because mysoulcbd.com forward slash Shalene is where you can get 15% off their CBD products that are formulated for pets. They have perfectly portioned snacks that are CBD infused for your dogs. And it's helping him. Like, listen, he's really getting old. But we keep looking at him and going, like, how is he doing this? Like, physically, I don't understand. Like, he, his joints seem to be fine. We keep taking him to the vet and, like, every little thing we're worried about. And they keep saying he's incredibly healthy. So there you go. My Soul CBD is the company you want to go to when you're looking for an all-natural solution to CBD that is grown here in the USA. It is organically farmed. It is gluten-free. It is drug-free, so you don't have to worry about THC. But it's a wonderful alternative for you and or your pet. Now, trust me, they've got separate product lines, one for pets, one for humans. But they can help with things like anxiety, stress, pain relief, and as you know sleep, how to get better sleep. So definitely try their gummies, the sleep gummies, not for your dog, but for you. Have I thoroughly confused you yet? All right, well, just go check it out. Go to mysoulcbd.com forward slash Shalene. That's what gives you your 15% off. And again, if you use this link, which I will put in our show notes too, you don't even have to enter a code. You're just automatically going to get 15% off at checkout. It is mysoulcbd.com forward slash Shalene. All right, let's get to it. Okay, first I'm going to start by talking about Britney Spears and Jamie Lynn Spears, not because I'm into internet gossip, not because I enjoy any part of this. I hate it. I feel so bad for both of these sisters. I can't imagine what it's like to be fighting with a sibling, your own flesh and blood. Like, think about how that feels. It is horrible. I don't know anyone, no matter how strong you are, no matter how distant or close you are in your relationships, who doesn't really feel so much pain when there's conflict between family members. And then to have the whole world picking sides and picking things apart and digging into it. Can you imagine how that would feel? I feel so bad for both of them. I really do. I'm not going to pick sides. If you are an extreme Britney Spears fan, which I just don't think I have those listeners, but anyways, the free Britney Spears movement and, you know, Britney fans in general have been hardcore supporters. Like they will come for you on the internet if you so much as say anything, even slightly derogatory towards Britney, the queen. I get it. I totally get it. But I just cannot imagine what that must feel like for Jamie Lynn Spears. Again, forgetting whether there's sides to this or not, let's just talk about how hard it is to have conflict as an adult sibling. And there's a lot of reasons why this may happen. And it's more common when there's been a death in the family 
or a parent is on their deathbed. It happens around the planning of weddings. It happens at funerals. It happens during the division of estates. It happens when there's a parent that needs to be cared for, and maybe one child feels like they need to live their life, and the other one feels this responsibility to care for the parent. Like It tends to happen less in our 20s and 30s, more so in our 40s, 50s, 60s, and beyond. But it can happen at any time. It can happen when you're in college. It can happen when there is a divorce, a new baby, family reunions, family get-togethers. And unfortunately, a lot of people experienced this in the last two years due to division that happened like never before over politics. And unfortunately, COVID and, and vaccine status, these types of issues like never before have created more division among siblings. All right. So let's talk about Jamie Lynn and Brittany just for a second. Now, in full transparency, I haven't followed this that much. You know, I, I knew that there was this conservatorship. I knew that Britney Spears was trying to to own the rights to her own life, if you will. I also am vaguely familiar with some issues that she's had with her own mental health. I don't know what normal human being on the planet wouldn't have had mental health issues considering the life that this woman has been subjected to. Like, imagine going to work. At what age does she start working? Like seven or something? Like having no childhood, having the entire world know who you are, then supporting like your entire family, having a father who is an alcoholic by his own admission, by the entire family's admission, by a mom who was codependent, like all of these crazy things to have the whole thing that happened with Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake, where she was ostracized and villainized and criminalized for whatever did or didn't happen with Justin Timberlake at the time. Like, you know, the whole country was irate with Britney because the two of them broke up and they assumed she did whoever knows what. I just, I can't imagine the pressure. I can't imagine what the toll it would take on somebody emotionally. Conversely, I cannot imagine what it would be like to be the younger sibling of this person. The younger sibling who watched a family orchestrate every single move, every single decision around the objective of making Britney Spears the most famous person on the planet. She was told, Jamie Lynn, from a very young age, that she was a mistake, that she was an afterthought. And the message she received her entire life was, get out of the way, don't mess things up. You know, this is what we're trying to do for Britney, don't mess it up. You can imagine the impact, the messaging, the beliefs that she probably formed as a young child that she just didn't matter. She wasn't important. She would never be as talented, as pretty, as smart, as important to the family. I mean, they each have their own very unique traumas. Fame in and of itself is a trauma. And it's a trauma that impacts the entire family. That's the thing. Like We always think that fame affects the person who is famous when there is this kind of fallout, but it's just like any other disease, and I think fame can be a disease. It has an impact on everyone. These two women have had a life of traumas, very different experiences, very different traumas, and I think the last thing we want to do, the last thing anyone should do is like compare traumas. But you almost can't help but do that when you're siblings. That's the thing about siblings. There's this comparison, right? Like you had it easier or 
mom and dad loved you more. Mom and dad were easier on you. Mom and dad were harder on me. Like whatever it is, there's always this comparison. Coupled with the comparison is the reality that our experiences are going to be completely different. Even if we were twins, even if you and I were twins and we were being raised in the same household at the exact same time, we're different individuals. Therefore, we can see the exact same thing happening. And I bet this has happened with you and your siblings, the exact same thing. It's like we both watched a movie and we're both going to interpret it very differently. And it doesn't mean one person is right and one person is wrong. We are both entitled to our own interpretation, which is based on our birth order, our biases, our perception, our memory, our position in the family, our personalities, and our life experience outside of the family. So let's just break down one story that Jamie Lynn Spears apparently shared in her book that has Britney Spears very, very upset. So apparently in her book, Jamie Lynn Spears talked about being a child and remembering, having a recollection, having a memory of Brittany buying her mother a home. And it was her understanding. Now think about this. She's much, much younger at the time. I don't know exactly how old she was at the time, but pretty young apparently. And she has a memory of Brittany buying her mom a home and that Brittany did so in an effort to help her mother, whose name happens to be Lynn, separate herself from her father, who was very controlling and an alcoholic and perhaps a narcissist, whatever allegedly he is. Here's Brittany buying her mom a home so that she can have incentive to leave her father. Okay, so Brittany's interpretation or memory of that experience was probably very, very different from Jamie Lynn's. Jamie Lynn describes it as just seemingly quote, weird. That's the word that she used. It was just a weird situation. This is just my interpretation is that this is probably someone who hasn't yet done enough therapy to process the meaning she gleaned from that at the time, at the time that she was a child. She just describes it as being weird. But I have to just imagine, I have to assume that a child, when this happens, things are so skewed in their family because Brittany is already kind of like the mother figure or the stable, safe protector in Jamie Lynn's eyes as she's a child because she sees that her mom isn't exactly in the right state of mind. She sees that her father is obviously an addict, and she sees basically Brittany and also Justin Timberlake at the time as kind of like the role models of what a healthy relationship looks like. Brittany, for her, is the person who's safe, who's grounded, who's going to protect her. And now here's the sister who's coming in to protect the mother. And it had to have just been really strange to see the power dynamic and and how odd it is to have a sibling feel more like a parent than your own parent. And she described it as weird. Brittany, I'm sure, has her own interpretation of what that felt like, how Weird it probably was for Brittany to be in a situation where she's parenting her parents, where she feels this pressure and obligation to save her mother, to feel that her only worth is that of a superstar. Like, in other words, Brittany, and I'm just assuming, I don't know if she feels this way, but I can't imagine how she wouldn't feel this pressure and obligation that her only worth and value is, can I take care of the family financially? The only thing they cared about is like, 
can you make us more money? Can you make us more money? Can you make us more money? It had to have felt like for Brittany that she was being a victim of human trafficking at a certain stage. But at the stage when she's buying her mom a home, I can't imagine how conflicted she probably felt to encourage her mother to leave her father, how conflicted she felt to maybe even separate her parents in that way when Jamie Lynn was very young and that meant the parents would probably be divorcing or separating. I can't imagine how Brittany felt in terms of just the pressure and obligation to take on all of that and all of these people in this huge machine and to take on that huge burden, both financially, emotionally, everything, psychologically. And at the time, she was a very, very young woman. Now, hold on for a second. The reason why I'm sharing this story with you is not so that you dig deeply into pop culture, but so that you can understand that here are two siblings who had very different experiences who are looking at things from different ages, from different life experiences, from different positions in their family, and how both of them, their experiences are real and valid. Perhaps the hardest pill to swallow when it comes to adult sibling conflict is that both of you may be right, right from your perception. If you were to describe for me the conflict between yourself and your sibling right now, no embellishment, no exaggeration, just the facts. If you were to share those with me and then I were to sit down with your sibling and your sibling were to share with me exactly what happened, exactly what created this rift between the two of you and they were to tell me the truth with no exaggerations, no hyperbole, just the facts as they recall them. I guarantee even if both of you believe that you were 100% accurate, the stories would sound incredibly different. And it's very possible both stories are true because they take into consideration your perception, your experience, your beliefs, all those things. And that's the hardest thing about sibling conflict is that unlike conflict between friends or conflict between coworkers or, or even conflict between you and a business, right? Like so... You purchase this item, you took it home, you opened up the box, it was missing a part, you take it back to the store, you explain what happened, they apologize, they make it right, you move on. It's very black or white. But when we're talking about perception, your reality is real. And so is your sibling's reality. Both realities are real. Bringing it back to Jamie and Brittany, both of their perceptions, experiences, and memories are real. The other reason why sibling conflict is so complicated is because so much of it stems from either poor parenting or something that we did not receive from our parents or this conflict that existed when we were kids and it never got resolved and we harbored this resentment or we formed negative beliefs based on something that we experienced in our family and those negative beliefs impact the way that we see our siblings. They impact the way that we see our parents and they impact the way we see ourselves. Get this, they also impact our memory. Even though you believe that you are telling 100% accurately the story from your recollection that you haven't embellished anything. This is 100% how it happened. I am not lying. This is how it happened. This is why it happened. What we fail to realize is how unreliable our memory is when it's influenced by our own perception. So even when we're not telling the story to somebody else, we're always telling the story in our head. And when we tell the story, even when we're just telling it in our head, we have an unconscious bias. And that unconscious bias 
makes us want to see things that maybe were there or weren't there. It looks for shreds of evidence to support our beliefs. And because of this unconscious bias, this cognitive dissonance, if you will, we won't and we don't see things which are in opposition to our own bias. We see things from a very self-centered place. Now, think about when you are the most self-centered in your entire life. It's when you're a kid. You will never be as self-centered or as self-focused as you were when you were a child. And that's when we formed most of these biases around our siblings, which is also why we can be really unreasonable and irrational when it comes to our siblings. Like in other situations, we might be able to see and have empathy and understand the other person's position and think, well, you know, they've been through this or that, and you can see their perspective. You can give them the benefit of the doubt. You can almost understand where they're coming from. But it's crazy how when it comes to our siblings, we often have the same reasoning powers as we did at the age when we formed these negative or positive, but usually negative beliefs about our relationship and the dynamic between us, the dynamic between your sibling and their parents, whether life is easier for them. All of these things are formed when we are really, really young. And so that is why it is so difficult for siblings when there is discord to come together because we're just not as reasonable when it comes to our siblings. Now, listen, I think it goes without saying that there are exceptions, right? Up until this point in the podcast, it probably I've probably given you the impression that I feel both people are equally at fault in just about any conflict, and I know that is not true. And there's always the exception of the sibling who has mental health issues, or they're just incredibly unhealthy. And frankly, it's not in your best interest or their best interest to try to bring the two of you together. And that's not even my point of this podcast. I haven't designed this to help you to figure out how to come back together. I hope that I can help you understand perspective around all of it. However, if you have a sibling who constantly creates drama, like they thrive on it, they want conflict in the family, that they are forever taking credit for things they didn't do, they'll give themselves a special title, they're very dismissive and rude and hurtful. They're dismissive of your input. They're dismissive of your feelings. They completely neglect you. They put zero effort into the relationship. And I mean zero. If they put you down, it feels like their goal is to embarrass, demoralize, or gossip about you. If they're condescending, if they will never, ever own their part, if they're still super selfish and entitled, if they're addicts, If they are master manipulators, love guilting mom and dad or other siblings by storytelling and making themselves the victim or putting themselves in this position of being, you know, of guilting you, if they're always controlling, I mean, if there was any other person in your life who had all of these qualities, would you try to spend more time with that person? Would you try to mend that relationship or would you just try to make a decision that is best for your mental health. I hope you would choose your own mental health, right? But I also think we have to be careful that we don't label people, especially siblings, you know, as controlling, manipulative, dramatic, neglectful, condescending, narcissistic. I think we have to be careful that we're not labeling them those things just to make ourselves feel better. I also think we have to be very careful 
I almost want to say never, to talk about your family conflict with one of your siblings with another sibling or other family members. It's just, it is a no-win situation. If you're doing that, you can expect more drama, more conflict, more upheaval. So if you have a person who is negative or toxic, if I dare use that word, as I've just described, you do not want to speak to other family members about this. The best person to speak to is a therapist so that you have the strength and the resolve to make the decision that you need to make. And just because somebody shares your DNA doesn't mean that they are entitled to be a part of your life. The role of being a sibling is so complicated. You know, we grow up and we kind of know what it means to be a parent. We know what our responsibilities are. We know how we're supposed to show up even if we don't, but we, we know what we're supposed to do. We know what's expected of us. We kind of know what's expected of us in a marriage, as a wife, as a husband. And we know how to behave as siblings when we are children. But what does it mean? What are the expectations of siblings once they're adults? Is there an expectation and do we share the same expectations? What if one sibling expects that we are thick as thieves, that blood is thicker than water, that we are supposed to be together for every holiday, that we, if you are driving near my town, that we're supposed to spend time together and go out to lunch? What if one sibling expects that the relationship is supposed to be tight and rewarding and that we're supposed to confide in each other? And what if the other sibling doesn't have any of those expectations? They're like, you are my sibling and I love you and I'll send you a Christmas card, but you know I'm off living my life and you should be off living your life. What if one sibling expects the other sibling to take care of them and the other sibling is like, you're an adult. I didn't know I was supposed to take care of you. I mean, I know people personally who are struggling with that exact conversation where one sibling thought the other sibling was going to take care of them put aside their own interests, put aside their own family, put aside their own beliefs, and kind of focus on rehabilitating one of the siblings. And it kind of reminds me a little bit of Jamie Lynn and Brittany because there is this real expectation, obviously, that Brittany had that Jamie Lynn would at some point reciprocate and try to help Brittany because... Brittany took care of Jamie Lynn and the family, the entire family, all her life. So there was this expectation, but it was never spoken. And that's part of the reason why there's so much conflict in families is because the expectations that we have for each other, we don't discuss them. We make assumptions. I assume because you're the oldest that you're going to take care of mom and dad. Well, that's interesting. I assume because you're the youngest and you have more money, you're going to take care of mom and dad. These assumptions create a lot of hostility and anger and resentment because we don't talk about them. You know, when we're kids, we don't ever talk about what our expectations are for each other once we are adult siblings. And these things get even more complicated when siblings then get married. And now they have maybe a controlling spouse or a spouse that they have to take care of or a spouse who has different expectations or different ideas for the family. And then that influences their perception and expectations. Sibling relationships are very complicated and they are made more so. And they are more volatile when the parents either were ill-equipped to be parents, one parent was addicted, or if there was neglect. If the kids didn't get what they deserved, you can almost guarantee that there's going to be a tremendous amount 
of sibling conflict. Division between the two of you, three of you, four of you, five of you, however many siblings there are, the more trauma and the less stability and love, care, and communication there was in your household as a child, the more likely there is to be a real rift between siblings as we get older. So what advice do I have for you? The first is perspective, to understand that when it comes to siblings, there is never going to be a moment where they finally see things the right way, that where they finally come to grips with the fact that you're right. That's just not going to happen. Sometimes it happens in a marriage. Sometimes it happens in friendships and other relationships. It ain't going to happen with your sibling, okay? So if you can't move past that, if you can't get over that, then just throw in the towel. You really just have to accept that you're going to have to agree to disagree. You're not going to change their mind. You're not going to bring them over to the right side. You're never going to help them understand that they are wrong. So you are wasting your life. You're wasting your energy. You're wasting your years by waiting for that to happen. It ain't going to happen. So some important phrases for you if you want to feel better about this relationship. And again, assuming that there's something to salvage. That there's your history that you have together, the laughter. The, I mean, nobody knows you better than your own family in many cases. So if there's something there to salvage and you're willing to accept the fact that they, they're right and you're right, consider these five phrases. I'm sorry. I forgive you. I love you. I understand. Can we move forward? Those are phrases that can help to soften the hearts and bring you back together again. Now, you may feel like, I will never forgive this person. I can never talk to them again unless they admit that they were wrong or they acknowledge that they did this and take ownership for it. And if you just make that decision, that's up to you. I mean, you are entitled to create healthy boundaries for yourself. We are not obligated to be in relationships with people who are incredibly unhealthy, at least unhealthy for us. If it's not good for you to be around these people, then you've got to forge new family relationships with people who maybe are not related to you by blood. It's what we call family by choice. And and I know plenty of people who frankly shouldn't be in touch with anyone who they share their DNA with because somehow, some way, they were able to escape. But there's like not even one person in the entire family who isn't Bad news from sunup to sundown. I mean, it happens. There are those people who are, everything they learn from their family is everything they don't want to be and everything they don't want to have. And if that's you, I've got to tell you, it's still really important that you have family. So you need to create those. You've got to let people in who aren't related to you via DNA because you do need family. You do need family to fall back on. You do need people who care about you and who will be there for you at your bedside if there were to be an emergency, who you can call upon when you need them, who feel like your brother, who feel like your sister, who feel like a a mother or an aunt or an uncle. We are under no obligation once we are adults to do anything or be anything for anyone. We just really aren't. You don't have to have a relationship with your parents or siblings just because you now have kids. You don't have to do those things if you've decided it's not healthy for you or your immediate family. And you can't take it personal if you have a sibling who's made that decision for themselves. You don't even know why they may have made that decision. You might feel like you've been ostracized or that 
you have a sibling who there's no rhyme or reason that they've cut off you or other parts of the family and you just don't get it, I encourage you not to waste your time and energy trying to force it to happen or trying to figure it out. And certainly you shouldn't feel personally responsible or assume that you know why this has happened or that you've done something wrong. Just accept it. It is what it is. People will do what they will do. But just remember, you make it so much worse, in many cases irreparable, if you gossip about it. If somebody in your family has separated themselves, it might be a temporary thing. It might be something that goes on for 15 or 20 years. It may all change when they divorce that person. (laughs) Do you know what I'm saying? We don't know why it's happening, but we make it much worse when we gossip about it, when we talk about it, when we make assumptions. This is their journey, it's their life, and they're entitled to live it. And there's a million people on the planet. You're gonna find someone who's rock solid and feels like a brother or feels like a sister. And those relationships can, in many instances, be just as rewarding and maybe even more so rewarding than your actual blood siblings. Lastly, I want to encourage those of you who do have a a pretty close relationship with a sibling, but you have these ups and downs and these kind of strange moments of tension between the two of you, but you know there's incredible potential. There's no one you can laugh the way you do when you are with a sibling. You would die for them. You, You get each other. Despite that, from time to time, you have these weird rifts or there's a strange tension that kind of comes and goes. I want to make a recommendation. If you're close enough, and by that I mean like, you know, you communicate enough, I recommend, I suggest that the two of you consider doing therapy together. Now, even if you live in other states, you can do Zoom sessions. And this is such a cool, powerful way to process some of those strange childhood perceptions that we've carried into our adult lives and we don't even realize that that's why there's this weird tension between us. It could be because of the power dynamic, one being an older child and one being a younger child. It could have been the comparison that mom and dad did between the two of you. It might be that you felt like your your older sibling was the golden child or your younger sibling didn't have to work as hard. Whatever is there as your history, Some of those unprocessed memories and unprocessed feelings have created some negative beliefs that are just there below the surface. Standing in the way of the most rewarding and loving relationship of your entire life, it's possible. I know I can speak on behalf of my my husband and his brother, Rob. They went to therapy together. This is probably, oh gosh, I don't even know how many years ago now, like maybe like eight years ago, maybe 10 years ago. Yeah, that's a good guess. And I'm telling you, they were able to put to rest this strange tension and feelings that they had towards each other because they just never were able to talk about them as kids. With the help of a therapist, which is a really nice way to have a mediator there, they both just realized that they love each other and they accept each other and As much as they're very different, they're also so similar. And I'm just so grateful that they did that before Brett's and Rob's father ended up having Alzheimer's and and how hard that has been on both of them and the dynamic between their mom and dad and just that the two of them have each other. What a gift. And I don't think it would be that way had they not gone to a therapist to work it out. So 
food for thought. I'm not a therapist. This is not therapy. My goal is to help you be happier, to live life and understand that it's really, really normal. I don't want you to feel bad or even sad that you don't have a relationship with your sibling that you thought you would when you were a kid or that you see on TV or whatever. It's just, I literally know so few siblings who are really close. Most of my friends have at least one sibling where things are kind of weird with them. So don't beat yourself up. So do what you need to do, but I just want to leave you with this. Remember that the goal is to have peace. If your goal is to be right, you'll never have peace. All right, that's it. I look forward to chatting with you on Friday. I love you. I mean it. I'll talk to you on Friday. If you enjoyed this show, please don't forget to make sure you are subscribed and following along. The Chalene Show is available on Apple Podcast, Spotify, and most every podcast app. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to leave a five-star review and tell us specifically what you enjoyed. We'd love to know. The Chalene Show is released every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. For Tuesdays and Thursdays, be sure to follow and subscribe to Shalene's other podcast, Build Your Tribe, which she co-hosts with her son, Brock Johnson. It's all about business, social media, and marketing, and devoted to helping you make more money and live more life. Links to anything referenced in today's episode, as well as show sponsors and other podcasts, can be found below in our show notes.